lot of people are like looking at the front yard and having the illusion of being protected while there's people taking everything out of the backyard at the same time. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. Welcome back to another episode of Amplify. Today, I get to sit down with the one and only Bobby Sausalito. Bobby is a comedian, commentator, and internet personality, most notably recognized on Instagram as Take Naps. He is a self-reclaimed, loud-mouthed New England Guido living in South Florida and making comedy videos about politics, the economy, current events, real estate, roasting, travel, and dubious observations. Bobby has amassed a social media presence of over 60,000 followers and earned over 10 million video views in less than a year. He has been featured on a number of major podcasts, including the Real AF podcast with Andy Frisella, the Dropping Bombs podcast with Brad Lee, and many more, including this one. Today, we have a really, really amazing conversation in studio, live together in the same place in Florida, talking about so many different things from comedy to mindset, to discovering your purpose, to social media, to going viral on social, to haters, to current events, to so, so many things, you guys, this was such a fun interview to record. And I, I think you're going to love it. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Amplify today. I've got a really fun in-person, in-studio conversation with my friend, Bobby Sauce, Bobby Sausalito, right here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I'm super excited about this because I I wrote like a ton of questions with probably way too many things to cover, but like I'm pumped to just get in and like go wherever it takes us. Let's go. Yeah. So thanks for coming, driving down here. I know it wasn't too far for you, but thanks for joining me. My pleasure. In person. We've been like Instagram friends for like a year at this point. I feel like I started following you when you had like 5,000 followers. Mm-hmm. That's so probably like September. Yeah. yeah. And all the way up to like 50,000, 45 or something around there. Half, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Taking off like wildfire, which is super exciting. So we start every show with a few rapid fire questions. Okay. So whatever, you know, shoot from the hip. I know you're shooting like, from you're, the shoulder. You're great, <laughs> great at the improvisation. So yeah. we're going to do it. What's something you're grateful for right now? Being alive. All right. 
what's a guilty pleasure of yours whether or not there you actually feel guilty about it i watch below deck that show on bravo wait i like that show yachting show yeah but i don't watch it because of the drama but like i do find myself watching the drama and being like "Ooh, yikes like what's gonna happen next?" okay but i liked originally watching it because i'm kind of like doing like a subconscious manifest of like living the yacht life so okay. i like seeing where they're going the types of food that they're eating and i just like the inner workings of like of how a team works with each other how people manage each other yeah. and whatnot and but the drama is like and pretty what? pretty juicy even though it's probably kind of fake yeah i yeah, actually I met that. somebody here last week who is on that show yeah yeah they all live in most of them live in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah. like this is like the yacht capital of the world Fort who knew who yeah. knew yeah venice of america the Venice of America. Yeah, that's where Fort Lauderdale is. Yeah. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's called the Because there's a lot of waterways and there's more yachts per capita in Fort Lauderdale than any city in the world. How about that trivia, everybody? How about that trivia? Now, for more trivia, what is a random fact that people may not know about you? Um, I danced ballet when I was uh, in elementary school. I was, I was in ballet. I was in the Nutcracker twice. Twice? Twice, yeah. yeah. What, what did you play? I was... I don't remember the name of the character, but one of them was like a party boy. I wore like a green vest and I like had ballet shoes. And my mom tricked me, told me that I would be better at soccer and that all the girls I would mean, like me if I did ballet. Well, I was like, the right, second then. half, I don't know about that. But the uh, first half, like I can see the like quick footwork yeah. thing for soccer. Yeah. I was a soccer player as well. Oh, yeah. I played yeah. soccer for a long time. Same. She was like, you'll be better at soccer. You'll have more flexibility, which was actually true. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's well, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> Not like I didn't have like shoes like like females dance ballet. It wasn't like that. Yeah. But I like did the leap, and I could I couldn't do like a full split, but I could like I was relatively okay. flexible. So I was also like, like eight years old. Or yeah. Whatever, but I did do that. If you weren't doing what you do now, and I know that you, you know, freedom and choice is a major value or major values of yours, as are mine. Yeah. So you are choosing to live your life how you want. But if you weren't couldn't do what you do now what would you do like what's like a really cool career or job that you try out i was a web developer for like 15 years so i love i love the internet and i think that had it had i not wanted to be out of the kind of like structured world work for somebody else i could see myself being a project manager for like really large web development projects mm-hmm. like i could see myself working at like a big tech kind of business like a like a uh, like like working for WordPress okay. or like a large web development consortium of some sort okay. that did like major web development projects. Like for example, if the White House builds like if the federal government builds like healthcare.gov, like I could oversee like the user interface, the design, the structure, the user flow, and all those yeah. things like at a really high level. If I chose to get into a big like mix like that, all right. So I would probably do that because I would probably make the most money, and it would allow me to continue somewhat of the same lifestyle. Yeah. Like I don't have to go and work outside. I don't have to work with my hands. I can just think. Yeah. So that's probably, yeah. that's Laptop, probably what I would do, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Any weird talents or special skills? Weird talents or special skills? That we haven't like already seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't think of any special skills. I can't really think of anything. No, I mean, okay. I, not that's like a talent or skill. No, like I don't a know. random party trick. No, nothing. No, no I mean, I'm, I, I find, I think that I'm, I think that if I, if I had to have a special skill, I guess it would be helping people resolve uh, high level life direction problems. 
I guess that's, that's a like skill. a really valuable and important one and less fun than I was hoping for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like, I, I nothing comes to mind, honestly. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> All right. Um, what did you want to be when you were little? An actor. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. See, now it's fun because obviously what you're doing now is not acting per se, but like with me, for example, with podcasting, like I get to like, feed that performing bug and that like being on camera thing or whatever it is. Yeah. And so with what you do and creating your videos going live, like you get to kind of like feed that, yeah. feed that bug a That's, little bit. That was kind of like it, it. I didn't know what it would be, but I was just like, all right, acting seems like a really cool thing. It's mm -hmm. like you just being, it's just like you just flowing yeah. and people being like, wow, how do you do that? Yeah. I thought that was kind of like the cool thing about it. And like the, not the lifestyle like you're rich and famous, but the lifestyle in the sense that like you're the talent and your talent is just being. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of like you just being something, being of great value. Yeah. Not like I know how to build a wall or I know how to fix a car or I know how to do something. It was just like the value was the being. Yeah, step like into other. You were just, you just were valuable in and of yourself, like with no tools. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool how like you just show up and like there's the value. Yeah, yeah. I like that. With nothing. I like it. Yeah. When's the last time that you cried? Cried? Sure. Uh, when's the last time that I cried? Um, that's a good question. These are interesting questions. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. I think, I think that probably some point in the last... I think probably some point in the last month, maybe like on Memorial Day, okay. looking at like yeah. a looking at like an Americana video yeah. of some sort. Yep. Not like cried, cried, but, but like, like a glisten. Yeah, tear. like had a yeah, probably on Memorial Day, maybe. Okay. But before that, I don't really remember. When is the last time you laughed so hard you almost peed your pants? I feel like any time you do it live, that almost happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you crack yourself up. Which is my one of my favorite things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the last. I don't know. But like, the the what came to mind when you said that was like I can tell you the time that I laughed the hardest I've ever laughed ever in my entire life. Yes, I know that. What is it? Uh, I was at <laughs> I was at a I was at a Tom Petty concert in Connecticut in two thousand. No, in like probably two thousand. I want to say six. And like we had this big carpet and we were in like myself and like 15 of my buddies were all laying on this carpet and we were all like tripping on mushrooms at this Tom Petty show and there was this guy sitting probably like 20 or 30 feet in front of us that had a yellow shirt on and it said Chuck Norris doesn't sleep he waits on his back of his shirt <laughs> and I died like literally died it was the fun the it was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my entire life do you know that Chuck <laughs> Norris is like 80 years old yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it does make sense, and yeah. it doesn't at the same time because he's Chuck Norris. I mean, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Norris doesn't age; he just right. he waits. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, like, because it was the first time I had ever heard a Chuck Norris joke, so it was like my first, and it was on a shirt, oh. and, I, and I was like thirty yards away, and I was just like, well, "That's the, the funniest shirt I've ever seen in my like, life." Like <laughs> mushroom giggle attacks. Like you have to actually remove yourself from like the planet to move past them. I think sometimes yeah. you're like, "There's no coming back from this." I will laugh. To my death. Yes. <laughs> then, then, like two hours later, because we was in front of us at the concert, and I was laughing so much, and I was just like, yeah, like the entire time. <laughs> and then, like an hour or two later, he turned around, and I saw the front, 
And it was like, it was like, it was like Chuck Norris, like high kicking, like someone in the face or something. It was like a, like a silhouette of him, like kicking somebody oh, in the face. So good. I hope I Chuck Norris like, has oh. like some equity in Chuck Norris jokes in some way. I don't know, but he's, he definitely knows that they exist. Like yeah. I've seen videos of him, like, like saying them. A national treasure. Yeah. Um, all right. What is your favorite meal? Um, probably pho. Okay. Yeah. Favorite travel destination or your next travel destination? Italy. Italy, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go to Sicily. Yes, same. Cool. I haven't been to Sicily yet. Yeah. What are some of your pet peeves? Um, people that talk about something as if they know it when they don't actually know it. Oh like, gosh. for example, when someone will be like, Florida's so hot, like I would never live in Florida, but they've never been to Florida, like things like that. And I'm yeah. just like, what do you mean though? Like, I don't understand that logic. Yes. It really bothers me when people will like argue for something that they don't understand. Um, or, and then the other one, the second part of that is when someone will, will ask you, will ask you for your advice on something that you know, that, that you know, that they that. know, you know, more than them, <laughs> that you have a tremendous amount of experience. And then they'll fight you on you giving them the correct guidance that they they've saw out from it. Yes. And you're yes. like, yo. <laughs> they're like hey can you help me build this website i'm like this is how you should build the website it's like they're like oh but like i don't want to do it like that i'm like oh all right well like i don't know i've just done this like fifteen thousand times but yeah i mean i don't know you were asking me yeah like that i just do not understand that yes <laughs> so yes i was like i'm not like hitting you up like hey i'm aligned yeah. i'm aligned so the, those, those those things all right yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I agree those are pretty annoying yeah. all right on to some of the meteor questions so I would love for you to tell your story. We don't have to start from like when Bobby Sauce was a little tiny Sausalito, but like growing <laughs> growing up in Connecticut, like what, how the heck did you get to where we are now? Like in life or in business yeah. or just like in general? Your little, your journey, yeah. Hmm. Or, um, or maybe, cause you've been down here a good, good amount of time. So like maybe since coming down from well, Connecticut. Okay, so uh, I grew up, myself and my brother. So I always had a friend built in. My parents have been together my entire life. They are probably, I think they're coming up on like their 40th wedding anniversary in a few years, which is fairly uncommon these days. My parents were very supportive and loving. My dad encouraged me to get into sports as a kid, um, which was tremendously good advice because it gave you lots of character building, teaches you about hard work and then victory if you if you work hard for it, things like that. So I played soccer, basketball, baseball, got into all the extracurricular activities, played football in high school. My senior year won the state championship undefeated, like loved high school, grew up in the same town my entire life, learned the value of like friendships and relationships over the long term and like you, you kind of like reap what you sow with relationships over the long term. I don't have like fair weather friendships and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, in high school, I kind of realized that college was like not going to be my thing. I, I didn't really think that it was going to take me where I wanted to go. And I was into building websites and I was just like, I have to figure out how to, I have to figure out how to do the, something different than everybody in here, or I'm going to end up just like all of them. So I always knew that I had to act different, be different, think different in order to get different results. It like was very obvious to me as a kid. And I always thought to myself, if I started something when I was 18 years old, by the time I was 40, I would be very wealthy from it. Just, mm. it's just a guarantee. It's like, if I didn't, yes. if I did it my whole life, starting at 18, no matter what it was, it would work. And I just kind of always had mm. that belief. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't know exactly what it is, but I have to pick a destination. I have to pick like a thing that will last a long term. I'm very good at, I'm very good at 
predicting long-term trends. I can't tell you what's going to happen in six months, 12 months, three years, but I could tell you it's going to happen probably in like 10 years. And I just knew at 18 that I have to kind of pick my lane and just be experienced at that. Yeah. And for me, it was like, I had to tell this story on the dropping bombs podcast where I like was camping with my friends in New Hampshire. And I was like, tomorrow at 4am, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to eat mushrooms and I'm going to kayak to the center of the lake. And I'm not going to come back until I figure out what I'm going to do with my entire life. That was the goal of the day. How I, old were you? 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. So I woke up. It was up. like your Jesus in the cave moment. Basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just was like, I was like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> So at four o'clock in the morning, I woke up, ate the mushrooms, packed to the center of the lake, like napped, looked at the sun, like the sun came up and I was just sitting out there. And I was like, I just kind of, as my, as one of my best friends put it, like you feel the hum of the universe. Yeah. And I just like felt the world breathing. And I realized I was like, if I could pick anything in the world, any moment, any body, any life, any, anything that was to ever be, I would pick this. I would look like this. I would live here. I'd be sitting here right now. I would, these friends, these parents, this brother, this, this place, everything, this growing up, the whole thing. This is what I would pick this time in history. Like, this is what I would pick. And I was just like, well, what if I did? And I was like, okay, well then if I realize this now, then I pretty much can just do whatever I want. As long as I understand that this is like, maybe I, maybe I already chose this, then what's to say I can't choose going forward. So I was like, I'm just going to pick what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm going to do. So I was like, I want to like live on the beach in Florida and I want to like be, I want to be like a computer person. I'm, I love the internet. I, I think that the technology is where is going to be the vehicle that transports me to great, to great wealth, not only in life, but in monetary, monetary wealth. So I was like, I'm going to be the internet person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to figure out how to use the internet to like take me there. This was that before cell phones were really big before before Wi-Fi was really that big, it was like, there was no Facebook. There was none of those things really existed. It was like, and I just was like, if I do this forever, I'll win. That is, so, all of that is really, really, I would say profound thinking and thought process for an 18 year old, right? Like fresh out of high school and stuff like that. And, and not that there aren't 18 year olds and people who are younger than 18 that think that way, but to be like, Oh, maybe I already, maybe I, my soul, whatever had a role in choosing everything that's happened in my life so yeah. far. And therefore I can design everything that I want to happen mm -hmm. in the future. Like that's next level thinking that most 18 year olds aren't really like yeah. <laughs> operating that way. Well, that's cool. This is the thing is that this is kind of what I realized later in life is that when you don't have to occupy your mind with things with other things your mind is free to wander into new or further further ventures so to give it to give an example my dad was like not an alcoholic like didn't kick my ass like i wasn't going to two christmases like my family unit was good mm -hmm. like we had food on the table mm -hmm. a roof over that like i didn't have to scrap like some people do and like if you grew up and you have like abusive parents for example you're dealing with that and like i lived in a cushy bubble which allowed me to think yeah. on that higher plane. Like so a, it's like, I give credit to my grandparents mm -hmm. for raising my parents. Right. And for giving them a loving family. And I give a lot of credit to my parents for creating an environment that allowed me to blossom. It's like, it's like, we're all just a seed, but mm -hmm. depending on the area that it's planted and how much it's watered and the quality of the soil and whether or not it gets sunlight and all these other things will determine how much it will be able to grow and at which pace. So I give them a lot of credit for, for essentially like planting me in the right garden and giving me what I needed and then allowing me to grow 
And like, that's why I feel like I was able to get there at 18 because I wasn't worried about, I never felt, I never felt like I would ever, like I would ever fail completely. Like I remember when I first started my business, I was like, if everything goes to hell, I can move in with mom and dad and like, it'll be good. Or like, if I'm going to live on the street, like they'll give me a thousand dollars, you know, and not everybody has that luxury. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like the hierarchy of needs thing, right? Like if you're exactly how you were saying, like worried that your a parent is going to like abuse you or something like that. That's one extra thing for you to be completely focused on fixated on stressing over. That's going to create ripple effects in everything. And so if that's not one of your concerns, and obviously there can be so many, then yeah, you can, can use your energy elsewhere. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's just like more freedom to think and more freedom to kind of go there. It's like, when you think about it, it's like, I didn't have much when I was 18, but I had a car that could get me hours away. I had the money to pay for the campsite. I had a hundred bucks to buy my kayak. And like, like I had no care, like not a care in the world. And that's why I was able to like eat mushrooms on this kayak. And while the sun came up, whereas like other people have not been that lucky. So I understand, I understand that I, that I have an advantage and, and that, that gave me the understanding that if I don't utilize this to its absolute full potential, number one, I'm kind of like disrespecting the creator, whatever it is. And then on top of that, then I also have a position where I could do tremendous good and make a tremendous effect. It's like, if I was white speaking English, went to a good school, came up with a good family, have money in the bank, have parents that love me, have family and friends that love me, grew up in the United States in a time where whatever I understand in a time where the world is relatively safe. And I understood the most powerful communication tool to ever exist, more powerful than the printing press. If I had all these things, you're telling me I couldn't be the president. I couldn't be perhaps the greatest person to ever live at whatever it is that I choose to do. Like who's going to do it better. Someone that's born in another country, someone that's, that's, that maybe doesn't, that has one parent. It's like, those people of course can do that. And that gives them actually a lot of adversity and strength because of, because they had to have limited resources, their back up against the wall and they knew how to scrap. But at the same time, I'm like, I have all the advantages. So if I don't succeed to like the highest possible level, what a slap in the face to everything that I've been given in this, in this particular ride. Completely agree. So 18, you're like, I'm going to go paddle out and like have my moment and stuff and figure out my entire life plan <laughs> and then paddle back. And you're like, all right, guys, figured it out. Let's keep partying. Yeah. So did you go right in? And so you went right into like web development, website, internet type stuff. I was already building. I started building websites when I was 13. The way the story goes is I used to ride to the town pool on my bicycle because we lived in a town where everything was far apart. I had a Nokia 3360 cell phone that I had just gotten. And like the girl I was interested in called me while I was on this bike. I tried to pick it up. I fell off the bike, broke my collarbone and couldn't ride my bike anymore, <laughs> which means that I couldn't go to the pool. I couldn't communicate with my friends. Like summer ruined. It was like June. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, I'm stuck at home now all summer. I can't ride my bike. So like I literally was stuck at home alone and I felt such social cutoff that I wasn't able to communicate with people. And I was just like, I have to find a way to stay in the conversation. Like I need human interaction more than like my family and my, like my parents and my brother. So I was like, how do I do it? So I made a website on this web development platform called GeoCities. And I would like instant message it to my friends. Like, that's hilarious. That's so funny. I looked at the thing and it would open conversations because people saw my website. 
So I would like spend all my time just getting better and better at making the website and putting more content because it created social interaction. And interestingly enough, I've utilized that exact same strategy to build lots of my relationships, to build lots of friendships. And like to this day, now here it is in like a macro where it's like, I do something once, I put everything into it, it gets distributed and then people are magnetized to me. Yeah. It's like when I would go to school in the morning after like the summer ended and we go back to school, people are like, oh, I looked at your website all summer. That was so funny. So I would write blog posts, take pictures, post them sometimes 6, 7 a.m., go to school by 9 a.m. and people had already seen it. I read your blog post this morning. That was hilarious. That is created friendships. A, yeah. And like, so such a powerful tool for, for connection. And mm -hmm. that's a lot of drive. Like, to, like before going to freaking high school and stuff, you're like throwing out blog posts and stuff like that. And, and now we can very much see that creative and like wanting to entertain or add value or educate or whatever, like it is still what you do. I'm all about hyper efficiency. Like I understand, I understand that. Like I remember watching my teachers teach classes and I'm like, this teacher is going to teach this class. And then the new kids are going to come in. They're going to teach the same class. Why don't they just record it? This is, yeah. it seems stupid. It seems antiquated. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you have like macro impact? So that what was so cool about the internet is like, I could put all of my character into one piece of effort and then it would build the desire to interact with me with other people just in and of itself. Yeah. So it's like, I could make all these funny things. And then like, if I met a girl at school, she already knew I was funny. She already thought I was interesting. She already thought I was cool. And the same way that you think that I'm cool. It's like, you've never met me in real life, but you see me and you're like, yo, it's like, this guy is like, it's already like the work is done. So it's like you and I can skip we can skip levels of conversation where you have to, we have to vet how deep we are, what we think yeah. about, how we look at the world. It's like, now I could walk into a relationship, meet you for the first time in real life. And like, we feel like we've known each other forever. Yeah. And you like, we can skip all of those levels of conversation that you mostly, that sometimes you don't have with a person until sometimes even six, seven months. You could meet a person like at the, let's say you meet a person at a bar at a social event have a conversation with them. Imagine if you didn't connect with them online at all. And then you just didn't see them till the next social event or mm -hmm. you call to go meet them for lunch. You have like several conversations that, that cause a buildup. You don't know how they see the world. You don't mm -hmm. know what they think is funny. The rapport is not built. So you have to build it over a long period of time. And back then that was the only way. So now here I am doing that at a macro level. Yeah. And then also saying like, here's some purpose. Here's some some things yeah. that you can do. Here's like some movements that you can make. Also, I walk into a room and people don't have to vet me. It's like, this guy's cool. So it's just yeah. like, it's, it's hyper efficient. I mean, even like, so, so yeah, for everyone listening, literally this is the first time we've met in person. Yeah. And I went out to like, say hi. And you're like, you're like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, which is yeah. true. Yeah. We've never met in person. So that is a fact. And yeah. like the power of the internet to be able to build well, build trust, connection, whatever it is, right. and to build like legit friendships and relationships through it. Like some of, I have so many great friends that I've met through the internet and then become friends in real life, or I still haven't even met in person. And I'm yeah. like, wait, how, wait, for real? We've never met in person. How is that yeah. real? Because like, we know each other so well, like mm -hmm. it's, it's so cool. And on the other side of that, because you can very much curate what you're showing and putting out there. Like it can also 
you know, you can very well represent yourself differently, right? Than sure, you actually certainly. are. And which is, you know, we're seeing all kinds of like crazy stuff in, in the media and internet and everything these days. So it's a, it can be a double-edged sword for sure. Um, but yeah, I love that. And, but exactly what you were saying, like it adds this extra layer of credibility, connection, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And you can yeah get to know someone it, in a new way. It's hyper-efficient distribution of character. And it's like, it's like social, it's like you're building social and I don't, I don't want to use the word clout like internet, but like you're building social clout where it's just like, I can, I can expedite into a friendship because like the work has been done and like we already know. And I feel like in a lot of ways you almost build deeper friendships that way. I know people that I've known my whole life that other people have consumed more of my mindset in 10 months than those people did in 10 years yeah. because it's like just when you saw me you know what i'm saying it's yep. like and then on top of that what i have found is that you know in a world where everybody can make themselves something else if you bombard people with with like an unfiltered look it it gives it it like weeds those people out like it'd be one thing if I just made videos or just made photos to me, the easiest way to hide is like, just take photos, yeah. especially because we know about filters and things. So now, okay. You only get three minutes to five minutes of me in clips. To me, the most exposing thing that you can do is like go live. Yeah. And I and think that that's when people really feel like they know me. Yes. It's like, I see this guy laugh, react. Like I could say, so I could see if he's up or down. Like some people will be like, your eyes are happy today. And it's like, that's cause you see you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. you really know me in a lot of cases, like I said, more than some people that you've known for many years. Yeah, completely. It's funny. Cause when you're saying that, like sometimes when I'm like dating somebody new and like, maybe they don't have social media, which sometimes like, are you insane? Or just like, is that a great idea? <laughs> you know, it's kind of but, like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to take this or they're not really active on it or anything like that. Yeah. And, and, but sometimes I have that feeling like, Oh, well, I wish you were looking at the stuff that I'm sharing. Cause I think I share valuable stuff and I show a lot of different sides of myself, like pretty raw and real. And sometimes I want like, like somebody I'm interested in to be able to experience me that way, because I know that you would get to get to know me in such a, like in a more unique way and in a more like uh, comprehensive way on some level, because at the same time, like what, you know, I keep a lot of my life and who I am like off of the internet too. So it's like that. Sometimes I like have that feeling like, Oh, well, like I want, yeah. Like I, I, the stuff that I share, like I want people to get to know me in that way. So, so yeah. So kind of like a, I don't know, funny, funny relationship with sharing all the things on social and connecting. Well, you, but the thing, that's the thing is like, like when I walk into a, when I walked into a room 10 months ago, I was the same exact person that I am right now, except when I walked in there, I'm like, I'm cool, but no one knows that I'm cool. So I have to, so I have to prove that I'm cool by, by playing the game over time. It's like, it's, it's, it's like a tennis match. It's like, I have to, we have to play, we have to be playing and I have to prove it. And it takes time to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, now when I walk into a room, like when I was just in St. Louis this past weekend, I got approached by like probably 60 people. And it was just like, I had conversations the whole, I literally went there alone. I had conversations with people that I had never met all night. And it's like, every time I went somewhere, somebody would buy me a drink or ask for a picture or be like, dude, I got to shake your hand. And it's like, that's the type of stuff that I've been doing since I was 13 because it creates, 
it creates the relationship by me just putting the effort in one time. And like, I always loved that because it was like, I hate having to prove how cool I am to new people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding around. And it's like the, the hyper efficiency of that to me is like, I, I just hate wasting time. I feel like the one thing that I'll never be able to get back is time. I know that it's yep. finite. I've listened yep. to every successful person ever. And they're just like, it's time. Yep. So I get it time. So I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste time driving across town to the grocery store. I don't want to waste time washing my car. I don't want to waste time uh, going to a different gas station that's cheaper. It's like, I'm never going to get the time, pay it. I don't care. Absolutely. So like time is of a high importance to me. And when it comes to building relationships, it's like, okay, I gotta, I have to prove that I'm cool. Like this is going to take time. So yeah. it's just like, I try to hyper efficiently approach most things, including that. Yeah. I love that. I agree with you on the time thing. It's the only, yeah, the only thing we cannot get back. And I very much am of that, uh, way of operating of like, I love the me tip. I love like my really connected, like deep friendships and stuff like that. But I also love the me to many sort of thing. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, I think that I don't know that they necessarily have to be, they have to be mutually exclusive. No, no, no. I feel like it, in a lot of ways, like it almost allows you to build like a deeper relationship because you're they're they're consuming your mindset. And then you can, and then think about it like this. This is another way I kind of look at it. When social comes out, imagine if conversation was like, Hey, how was your vacation? Oh, it was great. I went to these places. Here's pictures. Like, look at these pictures. That was the conversation that you had when you hadn't seen someone for a while. Mm -hmm. Now you go to see someone and you're like, yo, I saw you were in uh, Spain. Yep. I, that's so crazy. That meal that you saw. And it's just like, the conversation is expedited and then you can get to the, like the meat of the experience because you don't have to go through the kind of like the back and forth pleasantries. Yeah, like of, let me catch you up with my life since yeah, I last saw you. Right. Kind of stuff. So it's hyper efficient. Yep. It's like, it's efficient. That's the, that's the thing is like people, people are like anti-technology because it's like, it takes all the whatever. But I think that it creates a lot more by minimizing the time that's necessary to do basic tasks. And then it opens up all these new things that otherwise like weren't there. For example, if you went out when you were 17 years old and, and you didn't have group chats and Facebook and geolocation, all this stuff, when whoever you were with went to sleep, you just went home. You're like, all right, I'm gonna go home now. And I'm gonna watch TV or whatever, because I don't know where anyone is. Now you can like leave a party, you know, where you guys at? Oh, we're at this place down the street. I can now reconnect, have a new social experience. And like that hyper connectivity allows for more life to happen. Yeah. Yeah. More, it allows for that and can also allow for the opposite. Absolutely. Because yes. then you're like, oh, I can experience life sitting at home with my phone in my face, you know? Well, yin and yang, everything yeah, is, yeah. everything is, sure. is the duality of life. It can, it can be equally used for bad just yeah. as much as it can be yeah. used for good. It's just how you choose to frame it. Yeah. So are you still doing websites? Like what's, I, the, what's the business of Mavi Sauce look like <laughs> these days? I, I stopped taking on new website clients because okay. I think it's a distraction from the bigger picture. So I don't take on new clients. I, I service some of my existing clients to not leave them high and dry. But really what I want to do is spend all of my mind on things that are going to have like an exponential growth impact over like the course of my life. And one and done tasks aren't like, there's no residual to them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like big on cash flow. That's like my new thing is like for the last couple of years, I realized that single, single payments are very like, it's almost like unsustainable because it requires you to like get up and hit. Yeah. Whereas like, I would rather, I would rather make a thousand dollars a month than get $25,000 one time. Like I'd rather make a thousand dollars a month, let it coast for two years and then make 
another another ten thousand like yeah. yep. a month forever for the rest of my life, then I would rather a single payout. Like if I won the lottery, like the five hundred dollars a week for life or whatever, it's just like you take the five hundred dollars a week for life. Now, unless you're gonna re unless you're gonna take a lump sum and invest it mm-hmm. and then create the residual. But the point is, is that like I find that monthly cash flow is kind of like the key to life. So I don't take on new website clients. I invest in websites that create monthly cash flow, and then I focus on what I believe is my purpose, which is making the videos and building the Bobby Sausalito brand up. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So what would you say then your, okay, that's your purpose. What would you say one of your biggest superpowers is? Uh, articulating, articulating otherwise complicated ideas into digestible, yeah. into digestible nuggets. Yep. I, I completely agree with you on that. And, and it's funny because I think I, I don't know if you call yourself a comedian. Like, do you? I, I, I mean, people call me that. And yeah. It seems weird because I don't like it's such a it's such a boxed in right. term. What I used to call myself before was like I'm an internet entrepreneur. Is basically yeah. what I am because I have I do this, but I still consider it to be like I'm an internet entrepreneur. Yeah. Or you could say like you could say internet personality and or like media personality. But is it comedy? Yeah, I guess. Oh, for, for sure. But it's I, comedy. And, and the thing is, and my point with that is, which I, and I don't know if you, I don't remember personally, like if you were sharing a bunch of stuff around mindset in, a, in the way that you are now or around like the economy and stuff like that. I, I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong, the last several months, you're talking more about like, it's less like Bobby sauce and more like, like, uh, what am I, what am I trying to say? Like more like serious content too. You're, yeah. You've been folding that in. And I think when to be very funny and like have jokes land and like hit the way that you do, like you have to be also really fucking smart too which yeah yeah so like you're welcome you're welcome an affirmation going on and and so that's like something i'd love to see you lean into more is like the stuff around mindset and the like pure education because with your more jokey things like you're still spitting facts like with a big layer of like humor over them and a lot of satire but then when you drop in and you're like yo dogs like here's what's like Here's like the real shit that's going on. And here's yeah. how this works. Da, 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 da. You're like, oh, wait, like there's a lot like sauce knows what's up, you know? And, and I think in order to create really good comedy, like you have to, like a lot of comedians are really fucking smart with a lot of shit. A lot of what I realized is that, so I had a popular dance music website when, and that was like, cause I love electronic dance music. So I built a website around electronic dance music because I was like, I want to be in this. And I met and I got a chance to interview some really like world, like world renowned electronic music DJs. And what I realized is that every person that's attained pretty much any degree of, of like widespread notoriety has to be hyper intelligent. Yeah. And even though, and a lot of the times it's, that's part of their persona Mm. is to, is to seem not that Mm. because it almost like takes away from like, for example, an electronic dance music DJ, the people that are watching them are there to party. They're not there to, to think learn. most of the time. <laughs> like think about the mindset that they're in. It's like, they're, they're just there to party. So when you see them, they're in party mode, yeah. they're in DJ party mode. But in order for you to 
tour around the world, have managers, have record deals, release music, produce music, understand that software, navigate interviews and all these other things. Like you have to be hyper intelligent, yeah. even people that play professional sports, like yeah. every person that has even any degree of success has like hyper intelligence, top, like supermodels and stuff like, For it, sure, and, it, and it's, and with that intelligence, like that can be book smarts. It can be street smarts. It can be socially intelligent, yes. like, but you don't like, it's less common. I mean, shit. I think this the world we're living in now, like there are no rules. It's all flipped on its head, but for the most part to become very successful. Yeah. You, you are very smart in like, you know, certain, certain ways, a lot of ways likely, but, but yeah, there's a high level of intelligence. I completely agree. Yeah. You have that. to, in order to, in order to be widely successful in anything, no matter what it is, even pouring concrete, like you need to have a high degree of intelligence. It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. it is. Like any degree of success that is recognized, I think requires lots, Absolutely. Of, lots of intelligence. So with that, with like mindset, personal development, um, personal growth, like what are some of your kind of habits for how you continue to cultivate that for yourself? I consume a lot of media. Okay. Like I consume, like I listen to podcasts every day. I used to listen to nothing but music. And now when I would listen to music, I listen to information because I know that the information will help me. I listen to eBooks, I listen to Audible a lot. Um, and I spend a lot of time absorbing information. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is that I realized that mindset is kind of like the dictate where the entire world operates from. Like, however you think about it inside is what ultimately will happen outside. Whether yep. you're, if you think you're having a bad day, like that's, what's going to happen yep. and so forth. So I realized that I have to be more disciplined in my mind. So I try to train my mind to not waste time on things that are not part of the grand scheme. Mm -hmm. So like I've started to eliminate all non-pertinent mental expenditures. So like for example, like I was washing my car a couple of years ago and I was like, I can't wash the car. This is not what I should do. Like mm -hmm. I should never do this ever again, forever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and like cleaning the house, like some yeah, people get same. joy from cleaning the house. I'm like, I need to never clean the house again. Same. And like those mundane tasks that could be done by someone else, like have to be done by someone else. If you were to excel to like a really, really high mm -hmm. level. So I'm like, I'm just trying to eliminate those things. Like my dad and I have been talking about, it's like, what do I want to do with my house? Do I want to get a bigger house? Do I want to remodel the house? Do I want to, what do I want to do next? And I'm like, I was just talking to him today about it. And I'm, I'm going, I, I don't want to get off the mental path of what I'm on right now. Cause he was like, why don't you, why don't you build a house? Mm. And I was like, the, all the decisions that I would have to make, how big is the bathroom? What color are the walls? What color is the top? Just the thought would kick me off of this game, which is the purpose. I have to just stay focused and be disciplined and not allow myself to focus on like the life design right now and just focus on moving as quickly as I can to grow this. Yeah. And those things will fall into place when the time is available. Yep. That's what I, my, it's mental energy. Exactly. And I talk about this on, on the show, like in social media all the time, like, yeah, it all starts in your mind. Like your external reality will reflect your, your mindset. And Additionally, with what you're saying, like I agree with the like cleaning stuff, like all of that. Absolutely. And even in business, right in life too, but in business, like I used to be such a, like had to do everything myself, like that sort of thing. And it doesn't work well that way. And so now it's pretty much like 
the only things I keep on my plate or I do my best to do this. And like, this is how I coach others too, is if you are the only person who can do this, like that is your zone of genius. Only you can do it. It stays on your plate. Or if it brings you joy, otherwise everything else gets delegated somebody else. It'll be their zone of genius, whatever that other thing is, get them to do it. So you can stay doing the things that like you're saying that are the ultimate purpose where you really excel and get like that life force energy from. Mm -hmm. I think the joy part is tough because I think that there's a lot of things that aren't joyful that are just part of like the process. And I don't want to say that like, Hey, I only do things that I like to do. It's like, there's a lot of things that are, there's a lot of things I don't like to do that I do because I just, I understand how it's like, you kind of have to like, you kind of have to sweep the floors right. first. Well, and that's not, I didn't mean only do things right. that bring you joy. It's like your zone of genius, only you can do it. Mm-hmm. Or it's something that someone else can do maybe, but you really love to do it. So maybe you'll keep doing it. So yeah. like that sort of thing. But, but yeah. And then there's, there's plenty, definitely like shit happens in your business and in life that you're like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I know it's going to help me get to the goal. So we're going to, yep. we're going to do it. Exactly. All right. That was a lot of like deep, powerful stuff. Let's talk about some like, I just have so many topics from like recent things you said, what's going on in the world. Okay. Whole foods. <laughs> you, you recently <laughs> talked about how like much joy it brought you to go through the self-serve salad. Yeah. I'll say that five times fast. Um, self-serve salad bar at whole foods and confession. When I got here, so I've been here for two weeks now went to Whole Foods, like my second day here in Los Angeles, like you still, it's masks everywhere, like all that kind of stuff. Like, and, and just the energy, everyone's like terrified and you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I went into Whole Foods, like to get groceries. We did the, like the cold food bar, the salad bar, the soup bar, all that stuff. And like got our food and came and sat outside. And I'm like, while we're in Whole Foods, I am smiling, like just a jackass in there. Cause I'm so happy mm-hmm. to be smiling at other humans and able to see their face and then see mine like indoors. Right. And I shed a few tears outside Mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. That's how I felt when I walked out of there. Yeah. It's like, this is great. We're back. (laughs) Yeah. It was was really amazing. (laughs) Um, And then I love what you were saying in one of your videos about airplanes and how they could be so much more efficient. Cause why do we need five people on an airplane to ask you, what beverage should be poured into the cup that is unnecessary and all, all of that. Like, ugh, the whole airplane situation, you've flown a lot this past year. Yeah. Yeah. The whole airport situation, like with the, like the crazy mask stuff and the fact that it's like social distance while you're in line, but then we're going to cram you into this box for the next five hours sitting next to a bunch of strangers. Like it's so dumb. It is very dumb. It's so dumb. Many things are dumb. So much is dumb. That's so much is dumb. That's what's that's what's that's what's kind of built. That's the foundation in which my operation is <laughs> yeah. built upon. Things being dumb. Yeah. That's the thing is that's the thing that's so cool about it is that I always was like, how does a comedian come up with material? How could you constantly come up with material? And they are coming up with the material. I'm just I'm just reiterating it back. I'm just yeah. saying, like, did you see this? Like, that's what Jerry Seinfeld used to do. Like, his, <laughs> his comedy when I watched Seinfeld, it was always just like, did you see this? Did you see that? Yeah. It was just reactions to what's already happened. To, like, things that are funny, and you can, like, add the funny, like, like kind of, like, narration yeah. to it as yeah. well. So, so these days, does anything, because even just this week alone, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot has happened, which is, is par for the course. I feel like as 
time goes on, more weird shit happens every day. And it's almost like compounding the, the number of like bizarre stuff that's happening happens more frequently. Like we have Britney Spears in court about her conservatorship. We had John McAfee pass away bizarrely. Um, We, we've got people thinking Joe Biden's a clone, like all (laughs) sorts of crazy stuff. That's sadly nothing new because they, they love, they love talking about something. They're like, did you see in this really pixelated video, there's that line right there. It's not a shadow. Come on guys, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I like to talk about things that like we can kind of objectively prove to be true if i'm going to broadcast if 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 me and someone are sitting on the couch bullshitting it's like yeah maybe i don't know but and that's what i say is like maybe yeah but there's all these other things that are objectively true that it would be much more productive for us to talk about than that yes like this hr1 bill that's a real bill it's written on paper look at the paper that's what it says that shit's bad let's talk about that maybe joe is a clone but that doesn't even make sense but like this hr1 that shit is real yes exactly so okay let I'm like where where do we go with this? Um, what do you think about the McAfee thing? It's the, his death. Well, I think that it, like all things that have happened, just because it's peculiar doesn't mean that it is. Right. Just because it appears a certain way, I think that we have to wait for the time yeah. to play out. But do I think that this guy killed himself? Probably not. But I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it's probably safe to say that like we'll never know. Yeah. Just like we don't know about, about Epstein. It's like the highest levels of government are going to do what they do. That's what they do. That's what they have done historically. That's what it is. Who killed JFK? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Do we know? Maybe. They hit, that guy died. He got killed very shortly after that. Did he kill him? I don't know. Yeah. So it's just like these are the types of things that are going to be lost into the you know, into the, into the time warp. And will we ever find out? I don't know, but I think it's, it's highly improbable that he didn't, but at the same time, maybe he did. I mean, the guy was going to be extradited to the U S he was probably going to spend a lot of time in prison. Like you never know. I don't know. And we'll, and we won't know. And that's the thing is it's things like that, that I'm just like, all right, what about yeah, there's, yeah, there's what nothing, about these things that we know? We can do about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's and it, but it is important that there are people that talk about those things and think about those things, and it's important that it becomes part of the conversation. I just don't. I just don't know. And yeah. I think that the reality of it is like no one knows. I mean, the guy said publicly many many times, like I won't kill myself. Yeah, if I kill myself, somebody ordered a hit on me. Right. I mean, the guy was extremely wealthy. The guy was hyper intelligent, like a very creative and very interesting person. Yeah. So it's like. I would super bizarre. I wouldn't be surprised. If, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of triggers of things that come out as a result of that. Yeah. And I think that that's what we have to look for next. So we'll see. Yeah. Are you an entrepreneur looking to elevate your authority? Do you want to be known as the go-to expert in your industry, even more than you already are to reach celebrity status and get your message out to even more people around the world? Have you been considering public relations, but you just haven't found the right agency to work with? Or maybe you haven't seen the results that you were hoping for? I get it. Working with a PR agency can be expensive and sometimes you don't get the results. At Influence and Impact, we've worked with some of the biggest heart-centered entrepreneurs in the game, helping them to land major media coverage, top podcast interviews, speaking gigs, and collaborate with influencers who are excited to share their message with their audience. 
We would love to support you in getting your message out into the world in an even bigger way so that you can make an even bigger impact. You deserve it and the world needs more of you. To learn more about Influence and Impact's PR and Influencer Marketing Services, please visit laurensalon.com. So we also had some California news, good, good news for California um, come out. So we are confirmed for a recall election in California, yep. um, which will happen in October or sorry, November, but it could happen in August. <laughs> so it's like either in a month or a few months, which, yeah. Cool one again. Huh? He'll win again. You think you really think so? I mean, I don't know because I'm not in California and it's it's <sighs> relatively inconsequential to me. However, like who's 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 gonna beat him? Well, that's the thing, is is the like problem. there's no front runner really and no organization to get behind like one person. And so that's the the scary thing. It's like, oh yeah, the victory in the fact that we'll have a recall election, but it's a two-part thing. Like the recall election works two ways. You vote yes or no, get them out. And then if your vote is yes, out, you then pick from the options on that same ballot who to replace. And so I think a lot of people don't realize, oh no, this is like, we just did part one of like three, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it's happened before. Like that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger got it. I mean, maybe, maybe it's Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know. Like to me, I try to pay attention to the things that are the most, the most consequential to me. Although California is the largest state in the union, I, I believe that it's very, very important, but there's nothing that I can do about it. I don't, I'm going to see how it shakes out. So I haven't spent a lot of time paying attention, but I just, I think that the guys like he's putting on the full core press, he's bribing everybody. A lot of people, despite all this stuff, this is the thing that's so mind blowing is that all of these bad things have been happening. There's kids that are wearing face diapers in school right now yeah. that are in school right now. We know that A, they pretty much don't do shit. We know B, that it doesn't really affect children, yet they're wearing them right now mm-hmm. in the United States and around the entire world. Just this morning, I saw a girl that I grew up in high school, that I went to high school with, with walking her kid to school outside with a mask on. Yeah. I'm like, bro, she's not wearing one. The kid's wearing one. And I'm like, I hate this. So it's just like- Because it's, it, it makes zero logical- sense if they can pull that off if they can come this far they're basically doing everything other than like shoving something up your ass at this point like they're on your face well you can't go somewhere you're limited to this and this you can't who you can't see it's like how much more could they take they're forcing you to inject something into your body that you don't know that isn't fda approved whether they what even though the fact that they lie about that it's like it's not fda approved if you did even a basic amount of research you would see that some people are having adverse effects from it so it's just like what more would they have to do for people to wake up to this so it's just like if all this has happened and people still are like no no it's cool it's like then to me it can go even further so it's like are they are that many people pissed off in california well he got out just it's ending just at the right time and now he's gonna bribe everybody and he's gonna pay everybody off and he's already doing it doing like a press tour with a bunch of celebrities reparations it's celebrities it's payoffs it's Oh, we have a surplus in California, even though California has a huge, How, huge bro? deficits, huge deficits. They always complain about money. They've been getting payouts from the federal government. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Do you see how many homeless people there are in Los Angeles County? It's a total farce. What, what surplus? But people, that's the thing is that like, how much money did you guys lose paying out uh what, what was it? Billions in unemployment that shouldn't have been paid out? Yeah. 
and they lost a bunch of money for insurance. I think they lost yeah. something billions of dollars for these insurance claims that shouldn't have been fulfilled. And the point is, is that the vast majority of people don't pay attention even beyond 5% below the surface, yeah. despite all this. And that's why I believe that the message, the only thing that matters is just like, hey, just do more research. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just trying to tell you how to think. Like, yeah. go look into shit. Actually, like, question, what are we doing? Question for you, like, because you even said, you know, you consume a lot of information and stuff like that. And if we're like, go do your own research, you know, which has been like the thing that people are, are saying so much of. And I agree with, like, if someone's like, well, where do I start? Or like, where do you, when you're like, okay, here's the issue. Like, where are you going to go look for information to then come to a opinion that you feel good about? I will say three things on this topic. Number one, and I will answer it. Number one, I hate that question. (laughs) And this is why I hate it. Because it is, it answers itself. Where should I do more research? Do more research to well, yeah. find out where you're well, that's the thing when like someone asks you like that's... a stupid ass question where it's like, Google it well, it's not for a, yourself. It's exactly like it's not a stupid question, but it's like that's the point. Because people are like, I will, but I don't know where to start. It's like that's the problem. Yeah. I didn't know where to start. What do you think? You think somebody told me like go to these places? Yeah. Yeah. And like I'll tell you some places that I like, but that's not what I'm saying. Right. You should figure it out. Okay. That's the point. You're supposed to figure out everything, not just this. All things should be figured out in this way. It's like, I'm really upset with this happening in my life. Find a solution because the solution exists. Mm-hmm. In fact, the, if the solution to every problem is more accessible now than at any time in human history, yes. literally ever, ever. Yes. So if you're going to be like, oh, but I don't know. It's like, that's stupid. So I use things like I use, I use zero hedge. Um, Drudge is kind of like, has, has tilted a little bit left, but Drudge is interesting for highlighting some points. It's important for you to consume left-wing media. It's important for you to consume CNN and MSNBC and CBS Mm -hmm. and ABC and see what they're talking about. It's important for you to see what's on HuffPo and on the Hill and all that stuff. Um, I like uh, like, um, Luke Rutkowski from wearechange.org. I like uh, the Ron Paul Liberty Report on YouTube. I listen to pretty much anything in the Daily Wire selection of things from Ben Shapiro to Michael Knowles to, to Candace Owens and the stuff that they put out. I follow a lot of people on Instagram that I get a lot of kind of like here's a direction, go look in that direction. I follow people that kind of see the world that I, the way that I see Mm -hmm. it. And then I follow people that see the world the other side. I think that one of the things that is the best way to determine how you view things is to look at it, look at one topic from left and right, and then decide which one you believe makes more sense by doing your own research to come to a conclusion. What you'll find out is nine times out of 10, you're going to be led to generally one side of the view that that seems to you to be more true based on your research. And that's how you figure out which side of the equation you're on. Neither is right or wrong. I think it's right, but that's just an opinion. So it's just like, again, I think it's very important for me not to tell you what to think, but tell you how to think, Hey, fine, do research. Let me know where it it leads you because I would, I would wager that it will lead you to our side of the view more often than it would lead you to the other side. Yep. Because that's how we got here. And and the thing is with this, that's that I find so, I I completely agree with you. When all this started happening, I was consuming news more, um, even like watching news on TV and, and stuff like that a little bit, maybe for like a month in the beginning of like all the shutdown stuff. And, and I would look at, I would pull up CNN and I would pull up Fox and I would look at their headlines and like these headlines are the same, but opposite versions. There's the facts 
when you pull out the facts and these days it's kind of hard to pull out the actual facts in the fucking mainstream media news situation. But when you pull out the facts, they're pretty much the same, but there's so much like editorializing that's going on, even with news that's not technically supposed to be editorial, you know? And so you're just like, Oh, here's the information. And now I'm going to formulate my own opinion about what this means, but I can see how, you know, the person, the, the side over here is very much taking it this way. And the side over here is very much taking it the opposite way. And yeah. So that's what I would say is like, don't stay in your echo chamber either and just consume news and media and stuff that just continues to reaffirm what you believe too. Right. When I think that that was kind of the beauty and the magic of Trump is that what he did is that most people, including myself, that's like you inherently are like this guy's bad news like this dude saying yeah. that like his, the first speech that he did it's like like yikes i probably wouldn't have said that and it's like yeah. <laughs> and, and i heard i was listening to somebody talking about him today. i think it was louder with prouder was talking about him today and they were just like the thing about trump is that he knows what he means his just he just doesn't deliver it right, right. but like if you know what he's talking about and if you understand how, what he's trying to say you understand that he's actually right they make fun of his delivery but he actually knows the substance of what it is so the point was, is like when he came out and everyone just kind of like unanimously across the board was hating on him. I remember just thinking to myself, if there was a kid in school or a person in a social circle that you didn't know that they were just like, this person's bad news, whatever. Are you just going to assume that they're bad news or are you going to try to figure out why they, because right. what if they're not, what if that was you? Right. So you're just like, all right, let me prove it before I just unanimously agree with all these people that are telling me that this person is bad. Mm-hmm. Let me find out. So I would read an article that would be like, Trump wants to get out of the Paris Climate Accord. Here's why. And I would listen to him, his words say why he wanted to get out. And then I would look at the Paris Climate Accord with more depth and detail than I had ever looked at it before, instead of someone just telling me. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I agree with them. And then I'm like, okay. And everyone hates on him for it. I'm like, okay, how could you go against the climate agreement? That makes sense. So then it would be like another decision that he would make. They tell him it's so bad because of these reasons. I would look at the decision, look what he said. And see where I do I agree with him? Like, I agree with him again. Go figure. And then you you start to realize you're just like, wow, I agree with most of these decisions. And you're just like, wow. Then you look at CNN and how they cover it and things like like HR1. It's like so obvious. It'll be like voting rights bill, like blocked by whoever. And you're like, this is not voting rights. This is 16-year-olds being automatically registered. Well, it's not voting rights. It's nothing to do with voting rights. That's fucked. That's very bad. So it's just like, this is not, so it's just. The, the more you pay attention, the more you realize how bad it is. And then you feel this obligation to be like, yo, are you guys seeing this? And yeah. then you kind of guide yourself over to this way of thinking because you're just like, wow. Completely agree. And that kind of leads into what I wanted to bring up next. But even just the grand scheme of themes with the media being, I think, very irresponsible and, and from all directions too, for the most part, being super irresponsible for very much like playing into a narrative, not being in the business of telling the truth and presenting the facts, but more in a persuasive capacity, but even just like people seeing a headline and then that's all their research is the headline, you know, not even reading the article, not even going and looking at the actual thing that the article's talking about or the, the, whatever it is. So even with um, last weekend, I think it was during a pride parade here in Fort Lauderdale, there was a, terrible accident somebody drove into a crowd of people i think one person was killed or two people two, were yeah. killed. two people were killed 
regardless of like why this happened, either way, terrible, terrible, terrible thing to happen. And immediately before any facts came out, before any investigation, before anybody looked into it, Fort Lauderdale's own mayor Mm -hmm. came out and said, this was a terrorist attack, like white supremacy, like whatever, you know, screamed, 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 fear, 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 with no actual evidence to Mm -hmm. back that up. And it turns out that it was actually a awful accident. It was another gay man who had happened to be in the parade himself who had something get right, get stuck under his Mm -hmm. pedals in his car, complete accident. It wasn't a hate crime. It wasn't a terrorist situation. Like, and, and this is happening all over the place. And something that you said that I, that really stuck out to me. And and I've been saying this too, is like the media and, and how they're being so irresponsible and not just the media, but like public figures and stuff like a fucking, like the leader of Fort Lauderdale, right. Is the first thing that gets said when you like are crying wolf or whatever it is, or just saying that that's what people remember. Yeah. And that's what sticks. Same thing with the, like the Orlando, the pulse thing, right? Like what happened in Orlando a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing. Like I, I posted this the other day with the Trump, like photo op in front of a church thing. And people were like, they, a year ago, they were like, they tear gassed people to take a picture, which was bullshit, yep. right? But every news outlet was saying that, how evil, just to get a photo op, you know? And it comes out that that wasn't actually what happened at all. Right. But the correction is like a little whisper. Right. It was like, oh no, we're going to keep the poison message out there that was completely mm-hmm. false. And, and so, yes, yeah, so the emotional damage gets done. Yep. And so correction doesn't even matter. Right. The truth doesn't even matter. Cause doesn't. when you fly out of the gate, saying whatever you think happened with right. no evidence, that's what people remember. Right. And these are, and this is a leader. This is the, so this is the mayor of Fort Lauderdale. That's going to say that something that he didn't know to be true is like, this is a terrorist attack against the LGBT community. Like what an irresponsible loser. Like you're yep. a loser. Dude. Like you're supposed to be the leader and you didn't even give it enough time. Like that's sick. That's sick. Like you, like you should be ashamed of yourself for saying some shit like that. Like you're supposed to be the leader. And that's the same type of ideology. It's like, if this guy can make this mistake, everybody makes that mistake. And the media is totally responsible for doing these types of things. And these people are sick. Like they, they have a, I feel like they have a mental disorder and it's, it's tragic because people, people are significantly affected by these things and it just sets the tone. Well, and cause that can then lead to, more terrible shit like if people think that's what happened then why then somebody could retaliate for that or somebody could get pissed that you know because of blame or whatever and they go like you know fuck you for saying it was these people whatever you know it's so it's just so yeah incredibly irresponsible and and i feel like the so many people in the country are operating from a place of pure trauma and victimhood and, and it's being rewarded and encouraged by the people in power. Yeah. This this, victim mindset, victim mentality, nothing's my fault. It's, it's everyone. It was this, this, you. The mayor of Fort Lauderdale, I remember like, he's obviously a Democrat. And I remember when, um, like early on in the, in the health situation, I'm not going to use the word. He was like, he was trying to get on CNN because of like the, the rules and they were shutting down the beaches and like, I just like itching to be on CNN and like be part of the national conversation and take a stand and all this stuff. And I'm like, this guy is just, 
trying to grift his way up in just the same way that they all do. And it's like, he knew that he would get an emotional response by saying that it's a terrorist yep. attack. And like, yeah, maybe he did just have a human emotional response, but like, you're supposed to be an adult guy yeah. and people are listening. Imagine if you, imagine if you saw that guy's car, like, I'll just use a stupid example. Imagine if you saw this happen and you saw the guy's car and you're like, I know that guy, that guy's in my community. And you're like, I, or I've seen him in my community. I know where that guy lives. This guy's a terrorist. This guy just murdered these people. Let's go burn yeah, his house down. Let's exactly. go kick his ass. Let's go beat up his, his his friends. Like I don't know anything. Let's go vandalize his car. Let's do literally anything. And then for all the people on the other side of it, you think people are, are committing terrorist attacks in in, in Wilton Manors and they're and you you have to be fearful for your life. What about those people that were going to go out that night? Are you going to not go out that night? You're going to keep up. You're going to grab your gun. You're going to be scared. I mean, there's so many things that the ripple effect of our supposed leaders. It's like these people are like, you're like, they're like children. Yeah. And it's then you tragic. see the explosion of it on Twitter. And then all these dumbasses being like, oh, right. Uh, sorry for my previous tweet. Um, actually, what it wasn't. I was wrong. And not taking a fucking beat to actually use their brains. Yeah. Everyone's operating from this knee jerk victim, emotional react, react, react place. Yes. And it's creating, it's just catching every, so many things on fire. Like, like yeah. metaphorically speaking, just like, pew, pew, like everywhere. It's a lack of, it's <sighs> a lack of depth of understanding about the true nature of what events are occurring. And the vast majority of people don't take the time to figure out the true nature of a story. They just follow mob justice. Like imagine how you would feel if you were the woman that Jacob Blake had just sexually assaulted, that you had a restraining order on that just came to your house and did that to you. And then to watch Drew Brees, quarterback in the NFL, wear a helmet on the back of his helmet, Jacob Blake. How would you feel about that? How would you feel if you went and you saw a George Floyd statue outside the courthouse in New Jersey and George Floyd held a gun to your pregnant stomach and robbed you at gunpoint? How would you feel about that? You're going to have a statue of this cat? Like, no offense to George Floyd, like, rest his soul, the guy didn't deserve to die, but like, you're going to have a statue of this guy when there's so many other people that done so many things for society. I understand it. And it's like, I don't mean to be like, what about, what about? But it's just like, like, this guy was committing, this guy was actively committing a crime. Jacob Blake was actively committing a crime, yet these people being celebrated and the vast majority of people think that this is righteous. It's it's sad. And it, it just, again, it further lends to the greater problem, which is that the vast majority of people don't invest the time to understand the depth of a situation and they don't give it time to play out either. And then they go out and virtue signal to each other because everybody's just in this mob. Everyone's going in this direction. What they would realize is that it's a far more virtuous life to be an outlier from the crowd, to be mm -hmm. on the other side of it because the, the majority of people that understand are not nearly as loud and more people need to act differently or we're gonna get more of this garbage. That's why we're in this mess because people yeah. don't pay attention. Yeah, what do you... So, gosh, I'm like, well, why do you think we saw that? We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Conversations. Conversation, yeah. I don't know any other way. I think that I that's, agree. It, the, the solution is, the solution is, is American values, freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, taking care of your inner first and having conversations. Yeah. Every person needs to understand that they are solely responsible for everything in, the, everything in their life, good and bad. Absolutely. That's it. Like, you you might get cancer you might get shot you might get in a car accident you might get all these things could happen you could get struck by lightning i'm not saying that you're responsible for not getting struck That's by lightning your fault. but yeah. you're responsible for the things that you can control 
you're responsible for the decisions and the places that you put yourself in. So it's like, if we took more personal responsibility, you would, you would swallow all the bad and celebrate all the good because you know that you were responsible for getting yourself there. So it's like personal responsibility, liberty, mental toughness, not being a bitch basically, and, and being in control of yourself and your environment and making the right decisions and having to deal with those decisions. It, if each person did that, we'd be in a better place. Then if we were all to talk about it, boost each other up based on the fact that you got your shit together, there would be more strong people, more independent people, more self-reliant people, and ultimately a better world. So it's like, it starts here first, take care of this shit. That's the lesson number one. Mm -hmm. And then talk about it and help other people lift up together. That's yeah. the only way. There is no other way. I don't know anything else. It's like, we, the best way to make a macro impact is to make a micro impact personally. It's like, you solve this and then the rest solves itself. There was this, there was this quote from a business, a business person that I heard a while back where he was a domain investor. He was a multimillionaire, one of the most successful of all time. And he said, when I control revenue on the internet, I just focus on the daily. How much do I make per day? Then the monthly and the yearly solves itself on yeah. its own. All I got to do is figure out how to make a dollar today and a dollar five tomorrow and a dollar 10 the day after. I just got to figure out how to make the dollar today and it will solve the long term and it will solve the macro on its own. If we just figure out how to like think right, eat right, protect yourself, be responsible, like have great conversations, surround yourself with people that lift you up, build better relationships, protect your house, protect your, protect your finances, protect the people around you, do more research and be more aware of how your body works and how the world works. The rest of it just solves itself. It's like if all of us were more independent and more personally responsible for the way that we move through the world, we, none of these things would be able to be so easily snuck in the back door of our life. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're all, it's like, we all pay attention to what happens in the front yard and we're not paying attention to what's happening in the backyard. When you have to have like a whole of property approach, you need to make sure that every fence is tightened up. Every door is locked. You have a, you have a, you have a camera eye view on every part of the property all the time. You're not just in the front yard yelling while someone's sneaking stuff in the back. You have to be protecting all the corners all the time. Otherwise they'll slip something by you in one of those places. You, yeah. you leave yourself vulnerable and susceptible to manipulation if you don't pay attention to all your corners. And it's like a lot of people are like looking at the front yard and having the illusion of being protected while there's people taking everything out of the backyard at the same time. Oh, yes. Agreed. And that's like a, such a good analogy, I think, for not just on the individual level, but like the very like national level as well. And like so many distractions from like what potentially could is actually going anyway. You can have a 20 yeah. foot, you can have a 20 foot, <laughs> you can have a 20 foot fence with razor wire around your entire property. But if there's a door unlocked in the backyard, you have nothing. Yep. It's like you have to have all the corners covered. Like you have to make sure you got money in the bank. You understand how to, how to manage, deal with adversity. You have to understand how to manage your resources. You have to have strong relationships. You have to understand your love for country and protect your entity. You have to understand how to filter information that comes in and out of your life. You have to be cognizant of what you hear and then what you say, what you hear yourself say and who you keep around you. It's like, if there's one loose board, if there's one unlocked door, if there's one window that's unlocked, you can have snipers on the roof, but if somebody can get through the one spot, then you have nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. So I think part of like the issue or what would help is around like masculinity too. And so I, and I very much think there's not think like <laughs> there's been a huge attack on masculinity yeah. and like what it like to be a strong alpha masculine man is like 
such a terrible thing these days. Like, as a man, yeah. How do you feel about this? What do you think about uh, all that? <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, that that is it's it's unfortunate that that is a thing. And one thing that I find so interesting is like, if you look at how Hollywood depicts, like, let's use like let's use let's use like romance movies. I feel like that's the easiest one. Like, the way that you're taught is the opposite of how it's actually supposed to be. So for example, like I was doing a podcast about this recently. It's like in the movie, the guy that gets the girl is like weak, like in love, head over heels, obsessed, writing poems, like all nervous and, and then she falls in love with his endearing, nerdy, weak nature. It's not like the alpha personality that wins in the end it's like the it's like the dweeb that's like singing that's like begging for your love outside the window like playing the guitar instead of like leading and being and being and being alpha in those situations and and women i have found are attracted to not that it's like you think that that's what you're supposed to be accurate they're attracted to the complete opposite of all the things that that they suggest yeah. are the way and, that a man's yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, and, and with that, like I would say, like like no knock on men who may be more sensitive or or more, I don't even know, like quote unquote, like stereotypically weak or whatnot. But but yeah, it's a very consistent message. A lot of time is that that like the strong, more alpha type of personality type especially in movies that's the, the bad the guy asshole, yeah yeah he's a jerk yeah he's mean, you yeah know? he like and swears like, at he like swears at her and like think about like in wedding crashers exactly you like, read my mind that's like, the guy no, like, yeah like that's the, yeah that's the guy exactly and like that's how that's how he's portrayed and then you have like the dweeby guy that's like what's playing and that doesn't mean that you don't that, that you're not playful it's just like that approach is kind of like how they're taught and i think that it's just like these things don't actually work in society. All mm -hmm. the things that you're taught about, just using like dating as one example of this, it's like it's the opposite of all of those things. Yeah. Like you, you just being focused on your direction in life and convicted in your thing and, un and convicted in where you want to go and your purpose and your unwavering belief in that is a magnet way more than me being like, oh, like how do I, like how do I get, how do I get you to fall? <laughs> it's like you just being fully in your direction with an unsinkable and unshakable boat is like, that's the, that's what I would believe that like a woman would want that you have an unwavering direction and purpose mm -hmm. that, that no matter how much she rocks the boat, she's not going to tip you off course or make you sink. And that she wants that level of stability yeah. and that leadership so that you can open up to receive love, to, to receive and be, and not, not, not be subservient, but, but be in the presence of a person that understands what they're doing and how to lead through the challenges that life will, will present yeah. not only in a protective way, but in a, but in, but in a leading by example way, in a self-confidence way and, and all of the rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, there, like I believe that there is very much a things, you know, there is toxic masculinity, you know, and there is toxic femininity too. It's toxic and everything, it's, yeah. Yeah. And and it's almost like the men who are have fallen into their toxic feminine sides more, like that's the like what's encouraged or or presented as as the way to be in a lot of a lot of ways. But anyhow, um, I actually want to I would love for you to speak into crypto and Bitcoin a little bit because <laughs> I know you're like oh god it's a scam <laughs> <Pope> <laughs> like 
which, okay. Cause I can see it two ways. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it two ways. It's like, this is the future, even like super smart people. Like this is the future. It's unregulated. Like anyone can buy in. It's super democratic, like all this kind of stuff. And because of those sorts of things, it also lends itself to be very useful for organized crime, money laundering, because it's not based in anything real. It's like gifts and shit. Like somebody could also very easily hack it and like flip the switch. And then all these millennials that spent all their goddamn money on crypto or have no money anymore. So like, I feel, I feel like it can go both ways. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm leaning more toward the don't put all your, like, be super cautious with it. I'm not a financial advisor. I can't tell anybody what's correct. Doing. We I, are not financial advisors. I, everyone. I, let's just use, let's just use, let's use Bitcoin as the example. Cause that's, I feel like the easiest one, the way that you, when you buy like a stock, for example, you buy a stock in a company, what you're buying is you're buying the theoretical value of the future of that business's earnings. So like if I buy a business, for example, if I buy a share of a business today, I'm buying a share of what the general marketplace people think that business would be worth if it was to be sold today. So let's say, for example, a company makes $100 million of profit a year. And I think that $100 million of profit a year is worth 10 times its profit. So it's worth a billion dollars. Okay, I buy my share of that company at today's value of $1 billion. If next year it makes $200 million, well, maybe the company's worth $2 billion. So the share price goes up because people are valuing the potential of those future mm -hmm. earnings. With something like Bitcoin, what is the value of a Bitcoin? All the value of Bitcoin is, is how much somebody is presently willing to pay for you to exchange the IOU of when they cash out in, at today's theoretical value based on who's willing to pay more to the to the highest bidder yeah. to the to the greater fool in my opinion and it's like it has no assets it has no property it has no intellectual property it has no buildings it has no employees it has no revenue it has no nothing it has no sales it has no customers it literally yeah, has i'm nothing. still stuck on the whole fact that it has to be like mined i'm like what i thought this is like electronic Being, money what the fuck is happening mining yeah it's it's very complicated <laughs> and that is like really hard on the the climate or something or like environment to mine them and people have to go mine them i'm like what i don't think it's an the, actual mine the mining <laughs> no that's just a that's just a word that's just it's 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 kind of like what leftists do it's like they sloganeer and like democrats they like sloganeering. sloganeering they they use word manipulation to make you feel a type of way about something if you call it mining well what else gets mined coal gold Fossil fuels, gold terrible things but like primarily gold like yeah. when you think in terms of money like what gets gold what's get what gets mined gold so it's like they're trying to conflate what's happening to something like gold you just use the word so okay you're mining it what that basically means is like you're using computers to process this ledger this distributed ledger where it's just like this transaction went here and this person has this amount and all of these things have to be processed and like that's the mining so you're basically being rewarded by the network for processing the transactions that's what the mining is so bizarre so, so i just i just don't think that i think that if you were to say like what is the value of a bitcoin it's just like it is a it is the value of if I was to exchange my IOU with somebody else that's going to utilize that IOU at some point in the future. It's only based on how much the greater fool is willing to pay for it. And I think that if you had, let's say you had like a house, for example, if you have a house, if all goes to hell, like you can live in the house. 
You could rent the house. You could generate income by somebody renting the house. You could live underneath it. And your human body can live underneath it. That's a real asset. That's a that's income potential because you could rent it out or you could live in it and then you save money. It's like an actual thing. And I don't mean an actual thing like you could touch it because there's plenty of assets that you can't touch. I'm not against digital assets. I own a lot of them. But it's like, it is based purely on nothing. And people will be like, well, fiat currency is based on nothing. Yeah, fiat currency is based on nothing, but it's also backed by the weight and power and trust of the United States government. So like, these are, you can't compare these two things. Yeah. Bitcoin is backed by nothing. So it's just like, it is nothing. It has little to no value. And I think that the vast majority of cryptocurrencies will, will crater out and will have little to no value in the future at all. Mainly because, mainly because regulation can destroy them. And because I think eventually like the music's going to stop and people are going to realize like, all I have is this Bitcoin. If you have gold, that gold will maintain its value and properties for hundreds of years, thousands of years. It has been used as money mm -hmm. since the beginning of time. Like gold, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can use it. It's in your cell phone. It's in that computer. It's like an actual metal. It's, it conducts electricity. It conducts, it, it has properties that no other metal on the periodic table has. Like this thing is objectively valuable at any point in the future. It can't get old. It can't get moldy. It can't go bad. It's like you can melt it down. You can break it into pieces. It's held value for thousands of years. Bitcoin's been around for 10 years. It's backed by nothing. No one knows where it comes from. It has no assets. It has no nothing. It's based on nothing. You can't do anything with it. If you have Bitcoins, you literally have nothing. It's just like, it's nothing. Yeah. So I think that it's, I think that it's going to, everyone's going to get oh, clipped gosh. by that. Gosh. Um, okay. I could seriously keep going for probably another hour, but we're not going to. I have like a couple more questions. So, sure. okay. Just like a chill one. What the fuck do you think is really going on with everything? Like, are we in a world war? Are we in a civil war? Are like the aliens taking over? Like what, what do you think is happening? Are we in a simulation and we're starting to figure it out? Well, it's like the deepest question of all time. Well, or just like a few of your high high level thoughts. Uh, well, <laughs> or or we can skip. No, no. Um, to to kind of look at it like maybe like kind of like the existential view of it. Yeah, is I believe that it's highly probable that. I think it was Bill Hicks that said this, and it was something like the universe is basically just a vibration and we are like experiencing ourselves like subjectively. And like, we're just, mm. it's all just like vibration. Right. And I'm not like, it's vibration, man. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that like the things that we can see are not necessarily all there is to see the things that we can hear are not necessarily all there is to hear the unexplained nature of how we got here, where it is, all that stuff. I think that no person knows any more than anyone else, despite mm -hmm. the fact that they try to say that they do. I think that we all kind of have the same kind of ticket to this game and we don't know what it is. And it's just a ride ultimately. And that like, I do believe that the purpose of life is to evolve and that we don't really know what the end all of this is. But I think that if you try to, if you try to take all of the complex nature, the, the complex nature of the universe as a whole and all these things that are occurring, I think if you kind of like boil it down to the simple, it's just like you have one life, that life may never end. I don't know. You could, you could live multiple lives. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately time probably never began and never ends. The now yeah. is like, the now is what it is. 
it, it may never end and it may have never even started the hard concept to grasp, but I do believe that that's possible. It's kind of like the Fibonacci sequence where it's just like, it zooms infinitely into itself forever. Yeah. So I think that it's probably safe to say that like time is like the Fibonacci sequence. Well, and like, I don't think time's linear at all. Like right. time's like, right. Sure. <laughs> that, that, that really extravagant hand motion for those who are not going to see this on, on YouTube. Yeah. It, I just think that, so if you take all of that stuff away, it's just like, okay, what is this? I think the purpose is to learn something. The mm -hmm. purpose is to evolve. Like what's the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to evolve. I've determined that in my own mind. Everyone can do whatever they I want. Agree. I think that's what it is. We're all, we're all just essentially like spirits that are occupying a flesh vehicle that just appears in this way. And we're in this current vehicle, in this current experience, to learn whatever is necessary in order for us to elevate to the next tier. Yeah. It's like a video game and you're constantly getting better. And, and, and you're, it could be your 10th life. It could be your first life. I don't know, but you're just like moving along, trying to evolve. And eventually you get to a point, I would assume that you are kind of like a guide and you guide other people through in the same way that in the same way that you look at your normal life. It's just like, Okay. And then, and then maybe, maybe there comes a point where you become a guide for a while. And then you're just like, I'm about to start fresh and I'm, I want to learn something new because there's always something new to learn. So maybe you're a guide for a while and then maybe you start back fresh and you try to learn because there's always more. It's like, if you believe that the world is like ever expanding, the universe is expanding, which it is factually objectively, yeah. it's expanding. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, then the capacity of what you can learn is expanding. So maybe you're like, you live 10 lives, then you're a spirit guide for a couple of lifetimes worth of time. What's time? I don't know. And then, and then maybe you go back through and you learn. And it's like the world is this constantly recycling, never created, never destroyed Fibonacci sequence that you're just like, like morphing through. And you got to just like try to have as much fun as you can and make and, and try to give more than you take. And at the end of it all, that's why it's so great. That's why it's here. That's why it's cool. That's why we can do this. That's why it's so cool. Yeah. That's why we're not like in this perpetual state of suffering is because like we are hardwired into our DNA, perhaps by design to be constantly seeking greater. Mm -hmm. And as long as we execute on that and fight through all of the opposite, the yin and yang of it all fight through the negatives, then the world will consistently grow, expand and be better. And like everything will be better now until forever. Obviously, there's going to be bad things. Now, as far as what's happening elsewhere, I think that this is all just the world and the universe teaching itself a lesson, teaching humanity a lesson. Yeah. And what it does is it causes, I mean, when you think about it, it's like the yin and yang of even just me, my, my position, this, this problem created my ability to thrive in this yes. operation. Yes. In the same way that a wildfire clears the brush of the of the forest floor yep so that new plants can grow yeah i think it's recycled like part of i mean i very much agree with what you just said like you know chill what's the meaning of like what's the point of humanity and how does the universe work <laughs> like i agree with yeah i love what you said agree with it i also i think we are also in some capacity with that like you were just saying with like a forest fire or something like we are in some way but more in a consciousness way going through a type of like ice age, a type of great, like the great flood or something like that, where like, but, it, but it's in a, we're getting super woo woo y'all, but it's in like that consciousness 
zone. And, and yeah, I think so many of us, like so much of humanity is evolving right now. And so many aren't. And so we're feeling that tension big time. Well, that's the thing is that, I mean, in the same way that a hurricane would knock out the weakest buildings, the weakest land structures, the weakest trees, it's just recycling through to fortify the things that have the capacity to get stronger. So it's like, if you were operating at a low tier, like you could have gotten clapped by this. Like, think about, think about like, think about like Corona. Let's just pretend just for the sake of it, that even though it may not be natural, let's just, let's call it natural in the sense that like it happened in the world, right? Okay. It's in and the world moved through it. Well, it's like, and it's very, very sad, but it's just like people that were sick, people that were, that were overweight. I'm not saying that these people were supposed to die, right. but I'm just saying it's a lesson. It's, yeah. It, what, it's how we have to protect ourselves. And then all of these things are all, it's all just lessons that help us evolve. Now, it's like, okay, how would you teach a bunch of people that they should be healthier? It's like a deadly disease that kills people that are unhealthy, that kills people that have, and not that everyone is unhealthy, but you understand what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, these are just lessons that the world gives us in the same way that that if a, if a storm runs through an area, it teaches you that the houses have to be stronger, that the walls have to be built mm-hmm. differently. It, it rearranges nature to be stronger. It's just like all, all bad things ultimately have a purpose that lead us to more growth. It's kind of why like in business and in entrepreneurship, your greatest failures oftentimes create your greatest leaps forward because you're like, everything is stripped down to the minimal resources. Your back's up against the wall and you choose whether or not you persevere or not. Usually your best ideas come when you're at the very bottom. That's how every story goes. So it's like, that's the hurricane running through. And this is just one of many challenges, not only in life, your life, but also the life of the world that is teaching us how to get better and more fortified for the next one, because it is coming. It always does. So it's just like, this is just one of many journeys. And there've been many difficult things that have happened throughout history and we've gotten through those. So what now we're just good forever? Of course not. So it's like, this is just the next one. And what is it teaching us? It teaches us that we need to protect ourselves. We need to make sure we got money in the bank. We need to make sure that we have strong relationships with people around us. We have to be able to protect ourselves, protect our home. We have to be able to protect our minds. We have to be able to deal with some unforeseen rainy day. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to know who our friends are. We have to understand that the people in power can, can do things that affect our lives, whether we like it or not at a moment's notice. We have to know how to navigate when information is told to us and try to validate whether or not it's true on a dime. Otherwise you're getting a jab in your arm. there's a lot of things that it's teaching us and this is just one of many lessons in the uh in the grand journey and ultimately it feeds back to the original point which is like what's the point the points to evolve well if you navigated through this and successfully came out the other side imagine how much more resilient you are to the next adversity which is why like every entrepreneur fails five thousand times they just they learned how they learned five thousand ways not to do it Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, completely agree i love that i love that okay because we're, we're, we're trying to wrap up. I'm trying to wrap up a little bit because we've been talking for a while. Okay. Let's um, lighten it up a little bit with some, let's, let's talk some Bobby-isms, sauceisms. I don't know what you call them, but you have created like your own little language. So things like beanbag, bag of rice, 
Pompeo. I mean, even a whole new character, Billy Simpolito, yeah, right? I believe is his name. Yeah, he's he's nice. been making a lot of appearances lately. Certainly has. Yeah. He's been very big. He's been active. What is it now? <laughs> Which is, okay, actually, somebody asked me when does what is it now merch come out? There is, is already there, out? there's some, yeah. No, it's already out. Go check the shop. Yeah, there's, there's some on the, yeah, there's some on the. We've got a noose, goose, <laughs> um, Jack. You throw around Jack a lot. Yep. Um, with, yeah, Grundle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, any, like, what are some of your favorites? I mean, I think I just said most of them. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I like that I brought, kind of like brought Jabroni back. I'm Jabroni, like Jabroni, yeah. Chooch is a good one. That's a fun one. Like, okay. a, like someone bought a, someone I saw in the store the other day just bought, I think it was a tank top that just says chooch or a mask that says chooch. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really like the Pompeo one. I really like how that, <laughs> I really like how that one has kind of gone. That one has been really fun, a good one. but they, they just, it's kind of like, it kind of goes back to my original philosophy, which was if I want to, if I want different results, I have to do the opposite of what everybody does. And some people are like, oh, do you just do you just do different things like to be to like purposely make it that way? I just think that in a world where you see lots of people make the same decisions and get the same results, it's like I just want to do something that's different to stand out. I don't want to wear a pink hat and wear suspenders and have that be my thing. So I consider myself to be somebody that is a good communicator and words are something that I've always loved. I love spelling. I love words. I love how words are nothing more than just letters, which is man-made sounds that are essentially man-made put together to convey some meaning that could mean two different things to two different people. I love the kind of gray area of it all. So I just, I just felt that like words were the area that I could be different. It's like, if there's a thousand people talking about the same thing and I'm just like, kick me in the bag. It's just like, <laughs> where do you hear that? So I, yeah. So I'm just like, where do you hear that? That's just funny just because it's not if, a thing. Yeah. And so, and it's from like a strategic communications, like marketing standpoint, if you will, or like creating community, like it, it solidifies community so much more because you're creating this like secret language with yeah. your, your fans. Right. And people who are watching your stuff. And it's like this inside joke thing right. that when you say this, people are like, well, I want to be part of this. Right. So whether that was intentional or not, it's super smart, like strategically too. Yeah. Well, I listened to this. I listened to my, like one of my favorite comedians is Mark Normand and he has this podcast that he does with this guy named Joe List, another comedian. And they talk to each other in a similar kind of style. They'd be like, <laughs> uh he'll be like uh he'll he'll use like things like jizz or anal like he says things like that and he'll be like uh he'll be like yeah it's uh he'll like use a commonly known phrase like none are coming to my coming to the top of my head but he'll use like a commonly known known phrase and then like swap out the final word with like jizz or he'll be like ah oh, cup of cup of anal or something like that <laughs> and you're like that's hilarious yeah because he's just saying so that's why that was kind of like part of the inspiration amongst all the other things that i was doing where it's like they don't just say like well and it, but it's so fun and so funny and and you don't like lose the meaning sometimes if you're like if i hadn't watched like a hundred of his videos before i would probably not know what that whole sentence just meant right yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah yeah so that's super super fun okay before we close where can everybody find you bobbysauce.com is the home base take naps on instagram Bobby Sausalito on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, Bobby Sauce for the shop and all the gear, stuff like that. Take naps 
on Instagram. Wait, why take naps? Because naps are luxurious. I've, I've, I've answered this question a bunch of times. Basically, it's like this. I used to buy domain names and I bought domain names. I loved buying domain names that were like action words because normal websites were taken like pillow. Pillow.com was taken. So I tried to make like brandables around this so that I could have a website that was about pillows yeah. without pillow.com. So I would always buy things that were like action words. So when I was making my Instagram handle, I just wanted something that was short and succinct, easy to spell, two syllables, which is kind of a rule for domain names. Yeah. Like if I could have, if I got like one of those domain names that I own is like makenext.com. It's like, it's an action word. It's brandable. It's easy to spell. Everyone knows how to spell it. It's two words. It's yep. eight letters. So I was just like, it just happened to be available. I was like naps. I love naps. I take a nap. <laughs> And just take naps to the bill. Oh my gosh, I love that. And yeah, it's it's so easy. And then Bobby Sauce, that also so easy. Okay, in closing, so this show is all about owning your truth, owning your uniqueness, using your voice, and like standing out. Right, like we are not here to blend in, and and using your voice and your unique gifts to make an impact in the world, which is something I absolutely think that you're doing. So. For all of our listeners, what is one key piece of advice, whether it's an action item, um, a, a thing to, to think about, a quote, a question to ask yourself for people who are looking to really tap into like their own purpose and like just show up super authentically and like unapologetically out in the world? The most important thing ever and really all things are from your mindset. Just like the way that you think about yourself, the way that you think about the world, the way that you think about things that are coming into your mind and the way that you think about the things that you hear yourself say, it's like your mind is the key to it all. Mm. So your mindset is where all good things are created and ultimately where all things could also die. And if you could be more in control of your mind, you would live a better life. And all great things that have ever existed, ever, have come from a thought first. And it has been scientifically proven that a thought is actually a physical thing yes. in your brain. When you yep. create a thought, there's a thing that will show up. There's like an action, like an electrical charge that mm -hmm. is created in your mind that travels around. So it's like a thought actually is in fact real one's thought like it's actually real physically real so it's like if you every single thing from this computer to the phone to this podcast to your shirt to my shirt to the sneakers to this house to this everything began as a thought first someone saying could this be a thing and if we understood the power of our thoughts we would change the way that we think and if we are more in control of what we think about we are much more in control of the way that the world is around us. And so that's, I think the key to it all is just pay attention to what you think about mm -hmm. and understand how profound of an impact your thoughts will have on what happens and don't waste it on things that are relatively inconsequential to you getting to the destination that you need to get to, which is why I have a maid that cleans the house, which is why I don't, wash the car, which is why when somebody, when, when there's an inconsequential conversation, I'm like, uh, like I, and that doesn't mean that you cancel them all. It just means just be very aware of what you think about and how you spend your mental energy, especially when you're alone, when you're alone, 
what are you thinking about? Mm. And some people will say it's great to think about nothing and that's great meditating, whatever, but what are you thinking about? Because your life will ultimately be a result of whatever it is you think about. What, what I think about pretty much all the time is I'm just like, how do I get ahead? It's like pretty much the only thing I think about. It's like, how do I make this relationship deeper? How do I make this day more productive? How do I make more money? How do I have more impact? How do I mm. be a better son, brother, father, friend, whatever? I'm not a father yet, but how do I be better at whatever it is I'm choosing to do? How do I give more to my efforts? How do I, how do I make my house nicer? How do I get a nicer car? How do I, how do I exercise better? How do I get this to be better tomorrow? And like, I'm always thinking about that. And because of that thought process is why things keep getting better. And it's not because of anything else. It's just like, that's what I think about. That's what I work on. That's what I focus on. It becomes real. So if we could just be more cognizant of what we think about, I think it solves it. The problems solve themselves. Absolutely. hundred percent. Mic drop. We don't need to continue it any further. Y'all be sure you are following Bobby on Instagram at take naps, find him on Facebook as well. Get some of his merch. He's got like hilarious shirts, all that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for hanging so out. Much. This was a blast. Like, I, I mean, I got so much out of it myself and I know I'm sure this is going to be a really popular episode as well. So everyone tuning in, be sure to slide into Bobby's inbox and let him know what you thought of this episode. Tag me and Bobby. If you guys screenshot the episode, share it on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic. Yeah.